do this anymore. It doesn't seem like anything I can do can hit this thing. No matter how hard I try, it just keeps getting back up. I, I, Sam, Ross, Jack, I'm... I'm... That's right, my name is Nero, and Elite recognizes Elite, Elite recognizes the best. No. Tune into right here, you see me devour people after person after person, every day, every night, whenever you tune in. This. My name is Nero, and I'm all Elite. This is not the end. I may not be the strongest. I may not be the fastest. Hell, I may be a pretty damn mediocre podcast host. But there's one thing that I know is that I don't give up. You wanna know why? It's because today is no ordinary day. Today! It's Miro Day! And it's for that reason I shall put everything, all of my power, all of my strength, into this single shot! that power once per episode it's Miro day everybody yeah. on this week's episode of the wrestling with fiction podcast we'll be discussing the beast of Bulgaria the best man Miro one of my thoughts on his current AEW debut where do I think his storyline with Kip Sabian will go? And where on earth will he go next? So now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, tell them all about this exciting Miro Day edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast! Hi there! Uh... Welcome to the Wrestling With Fiction Podcast! I think I went plus ultra this week, because my throat is just... Ah! Ow. Yeah, that's a thing that happened. So yes, if you 
heard the title, you just spent three minutes on this skit. We are talking about Miro. Why are we talking about Miro? Because God damn it, he debuted this week. And I feel I need to do the proper thing and strike while the iron's hot, kind of. So yes, we're talking about Miro's AEW debut this week. And I'll be honest with you, going straight into this, I'm so happy he's in AEW. Like, I've missed him so much with him being released from the WWE and just starting his whole Twitch streams. Don't get me wrong, I'm happy for him. It's great. But when I heard that he potentially retired from wrestling, I just thought, no, don't, don't leave, Rusev. Don't, don't leave. We still need you. And then what, what do we find? That a few months later, he's now in AEW. And he's now the best. He's the best. He's the best man. Of Kip Sabian. Which, ironic that he's helping out a wedding? I guess that's the thing that we're starting with with that. And he's officially signed for one year in AEW. So, good for Miro. Good for Miro. I almost said Rusev. I need to get used to the name Miro. It's just... He just looked so happy when he came out, you know, when he was just walking out and you could just see the smile on his face as his entrance music was playing and people were reacting like the crowd, considering the size, went pretty damn ballistic for Miro. Now, I feel like everyone's thought with this debut is kind of mixed. I think it's mostly positive, but there's like, give or take a few opinions that kind of argued that maybe they wanted Miro in a bigger spot initially. And... I feel like I'm in the minority here. I feel like this was a pretty damn good way to debut Miro. Like, the best man nickname, I think really suits all the things that we loved about the Rusev character and putting him into Miro himself. Like, the best man just sounds like something that he could definitely have a lot of fun with. Just sort of, like, we'll get into it. But I think the best man as a nickname you can kind of use for a lot of very fun, just sort of like fuse with a lot of the character nicknames you already have in AEW. And with it, I don't think you could just push him straight away. Because look at a lot of the ex-WWE talent, or maybe you can say independent talent who have gone straight from WWE into AEW. A lot of them have kind of had that big, almost like rocket style push. Brody Lee, when he first came in, uh, had a match with John Moxley for the AEW World Title. Um, other people, Sean Spears, big feud with Cody. Like, it's just nice to see a wrestler, as much as I think we all love Miro, just get time to really just sort of develop. And I think that's something that AEW's really been missing when they've been putting in all these ex-WWE talent. Maybe barring Matt Cardona, who's only recently debuted. Uh, they haven't really been... They've all just sort of been rocketed straight to the top. And I feel like with this, you can't be like TNA in that respect and just push everyone who is a former WWE guy straight to the moon. I think it's great to have Miro in this kind of mid-card to lower mid-card position for now. I don't know if he's going to team with Kip or if he's just going to be in a singles feud with Kip. Maybe he interrupts the wedding, saying that he's going to destroy all the brass rings. He's tired of everything seeming like 
The Brass Ring Company. I don't know what Miro does. This is all very fresh in my mind. I'm still super excited over the debut on Wednesday. I have no idea. I'm kind of of the opinion of, I feel like this is good for sort of both guys in this situation. I feel like for Kip Sabian, it's very good to have this well-established talent being associated with him. And it's a good chance to slowly elevate him up the card a little bit if you want to keep them together. I don't know, maybe even make them a tag team, or if you want to just have them have like a little mini singles feud for a bit after the wedding angle, because we all know in wrestling, wedding angles just don't go well. <laughs> like, when has a wedding angle ever gone well in wrestling? Even the ones where they've been officially married, there's always been something. There has to be something to this other than just Miro coming in to be the best man. Of a wedding. Something has to happen at this wedding angle. And I feel like with it, you wouldn't have Kip Sabian just be here just to have them, you know, debut Miro. So I feel like they're either gonna change it and be like, hey, uh, the wedding's gonna be a success. Shocker. Pro wrestling weddings going well. What the hell is this? Why? And then they become maybe like a tag team. Or, as we already, as I already kind of mentioned, uh, Rusev just destroys the wedding because no wedding in pro wrestling should ever go right. And as we're kind of on that topic of that whole thing, uh, I feel like actually a Kip Sabian Miro feud could be pretty good. Maybe it's not what a lot of people want of Miro being top of the card straight away. But I feel like for both guys, it kind of adds credibility to them. Uh, with this feud, I feel like the purpose of it is kind of to show the differences between Rusev and Miro as a character. Rusev kind of went through a big toxy-turby journey of being a Bulgarian man to Russian man to single Bulgarian-Russian man to having his wife back to... Uh, actually, there was a bit with the League of Nations, but we'll skip that. And at this point, we don't know who Miro is apart from ex-WWE guy. I think having this feud with Kip Sabian is a lot better than I think people are going to give it credit for. I feel like with this, we're going to see a lot new, more offense with, from Miro. Like, you can maybe differentiate him from, say, Rusev. You know, maybe he starts busting out the super accolade that he did once at Kalisa Extreme Rules. Look that up, people. It looks very devastating, and I want to see it more. If we get the super accolade, I will be so happy. No, maybe we see a little bit more of a faster-paced style from Miro. I don't know, but I feel like they wouldn't put Kip Sabian in this position if they did not trust him enough to work with Miro. Or at least they see something in him. Like, I don't think they would have gave him the first win at the inaugural Double or Nothing pre-show if they didn't see anything in him. And clearly they've tried to push the guy with, like, his stuff with Jimmy Havoc, you know, pairing up with Penelope Ford. I misspelt Penelope Ford. That is really hard to say multiple times. So for me, like, they've already established the kind of twitch connection between the two 
So immediately I'm guessing there's going to be maybe some sort of friendship. Maybe a similar pairing to Allah, Aiden, English, and Rusev. That would be very cool. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Add more stuff to the tag division. FTR do need more babyface opponents. That would be quite nice. Yeah, I feel like with it, you can definitely give these characters a little bit more prominence. And it kind of gives us a greater idea of who Miro is. Especially since, at this point, as the time of this recording, we have pretty much no idea who he is. Like, as a character. Or the differences between him and Rusev. And why this is more significant. And, you know what? Don't get me wrong. Maybe it sounds like I'm being negative here. But I feel like, at this point, that's such a good thing. To not know much about where this is going at this point. Because if this all started from him being at the top, sure, we would be happy about it. That would be great. But if it just started there, where does he go? And maybe you can argue the case in the similar way that Brody Lee moved on from his feud with John Moxley. I don't know. I feel like with this, you can kind of have this, you know, slow, gradual rise of, you know, the thing that, the thing that WWE never did. Which was, push this man to the moon. And not just the moon, maybe the stratosphere. I don't know where Miro goes. He has a day. He has a day for every day. We should all celebrate Miro Day, guys. And on the topic of Miro Day, because every day is Miro Day, we can discuss all the other fantastic views he could potentially have on Miro Day. Because every day is always going to be Miro Day. Have I said that enough to annoy you guys or at least enjoy it? It's Miro Day. Miro Day, Miro Day, Miro Day. And on Miro Day, he has a feud with Sammy Guevara. Why Sammy Guevara? Well, I just think he could take a super accolade and I kind of want to see a super accolade. <laughs> but apart from that, I feel like the tagline... The best man versus the Spanish god, or man v god, just sounds like a very cool heel babyface feud premise. And I think that's a very cool way to use the nicknames. Like, you can go with the angle that Sammy Guevara just kind of wants to prove that he's the right-hand man of the inner circle. That is kind of iffy between him and maybe Jake Hager, especially now that Jericho's now in the tag team division. What... What else could you really want with Sammy Guevara to do at this point? Especially now that his feud with Matt Hardy's gone. Matt Hardy's injured. And with it, I feel like with it, you can really get over the power offense of Rusev that was kind of mentioned. I said Rusev, it's Miro. The power offense of Miro that Tony Schiavone was alluding to when Miro debuted this past Wednesday. About how he's a man with a lot of power. And... Not much else, apparently, in terms of that commentary. But hey, there's not much that we really know about Miro at this point. Maybe also with it, you can stretch Miro's comedic chops a bit. Like, he will be more than just the best man. He will be God-man, or man-god, or man-god-god-man. And just have this really cool set of matches with Sammy Guevara. I don't think this would be a very sort of serious blood feud type of thing. I think this would just be like a very fun, just sort of competitive feud. Maybe a fun little rivalry just to sort of 
establish what Miro is all about in terms of ring ability and just see how he compares with, I'd say, a pretty damn credible wrestler in Sammy Guevara. Like, I think he's a very reliable hand to put with Miro initially. And don't get me wrong, Miro's a fantastic worker. But there's a lot of guys who, especially once they leave WWE, they're still trying to get over that, I guess, WWE ring rust is the best way to describe it. Like, take Cody, for example, when he initially left WWE. Took him a long while to sort of embrace that kind of old-school NWA style that he now has. And I feel like putting him in a ring with Sammy Guevara, who, to me, just is the antithesis of, like, a fast-paced, high-flying style, along with how he acts being a little bit more of a heelish character in the ring. I feel like you could really have a really fun set of matches in there. Additionally... I feel like it would be very fun to have Miro just have this bragging rights of how he beat a god. He has defeated all the gods. And with it, he's beaten the Spanish god. Now, he must feud with the Demo god. And that brings me on to Chris Jericho. Great segue. So, this is going to sound very odd, and I know what you're thinking. Chris Jericho, he's a WWE guy. Why do we want a WWE feud in AEW? That's not my AEW. Don't do this. This is a change for wrestling. Correction. Maybe I'm completely wrong in thinking of this, but I do not recall ever seeing a Chris Jericho or Rusev feud. Like, at all. In fact, I don't think they even had any interactions. Like, nothing at all. Maybe, like, a League of Nations thing? But I don't think they've ever done anything. And part of me is just kind of curious about the accolade versus the walls of Jericho. And if you want to go with the whole god thing, and Chris Jericho being this demo god, uh, the first dynamite that Rusev came in, sorry, not Rusev, Miro, I need something to make me stop saying Rusev, I'm so happy Miro's here, is that... His first week of being on AEW Dynamite, it's the one that drew 1 million views on, like, circuit television. And maybe you can have this thing where, after he's had this feud with Sammy Guevara, he's dictated that he is the real demo god of pro wrestling. And then, of course, you have this feud with Chris Jericho, and maybe if Miro and Kip Sabian have not beaten each other up and the wedding has gone well... You can have these very cool, like, set of tag matches between Kip Sabian, Miro, and Jake Hager and uh, Chris Jericho. Like, you can play off a little bit of the history with Jake Hager and Miro. You really, you can also do this stuff with elevating Kip Sabian little by little. Especially how they were booking him early within the first year of AEW when he was having a couple matches with Cody. He was in a six-man tag match with the Elite. You can start building up Kip Sabian as a little bit more of a credible threat. Maybe even get Penelope Ford back in there with how she usually did the Hurricane Runner spot on men when the referee was distracted. There's a lot of very fun elements I think you could play around with this feud. And with it, there's also like the element of, hey, if Miro beats Chris Jericho in the same way that Orange Cassidy has, he's pinned the AEW, he's pinned a former AEW world champion. Wow, that's a way that you can rocket a guy, and especially elevate them, probably more than WWE's, like, mid-card, arguably. 
is giving him a big credible win because you know say what you want about Chris Jericho losing a little bit more recently and slowly going down the card he still has a lot of like credible victories that sort of can help elevate younger talent or even current talent and if AEW wants to go under the assumption that they want to push Miro as this a lot more serious character like I assume they were alluding to in his first introductory promo a big win over Chris Jericho isn't a bad way to do it and plus with it you've got the inner circle as a big sort of like group faction that he could face off with it also allows other guys like Kip Sabian and I don't know who else they'd want specific maybe Scorpio Sky someone else who has history with Chris Jericho to also get involved and with it you just you elevate a lot of the talent without really demeaning them and sort of lowering them down the cover with significance. Because one of the big things that I... I'm going to take this from WrestleTalk from their recent podcast is that AEW has a similar problem to WWE where they both have such incredible rosters. Like, both rosters are completely stacked to the point where it's overstacked. And with it, there's... There's so much talent that you can't move everybody at a similar projection. So at the end of the day, not everyone is going to be happy with a specific choice. But under this sort of like guideline, I'd argue in a similar way to how AEW's already booked the Dark Order versus the Elite in FTR uh, before uh, the eventual FTR heel turn that we saw, it kind of got everybody over by just sort of giving people storyline reasons for why certain situations would occur. And I argue you could do the same thing with this. Maybe if it's a six-man tag match, there's a miscommunication with Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho over if Jake Hager should be tagged in or not because Sammy Guevara is maybe jealous of Jake Hager and that causes Mira to get a big win over them. Or even with Mira and Kip Sabian, if they end up sticking together and they become this tag team or... They're just kind of friends, I guess, because they both have a Twitch stream. Because that's how friendships are made, guys. <laughs> Through Twitch streams. And with it, you kind of... By giving wrestlers reasons for why they can lose, not only are you giving them flaws that can eventually play into greater storylines down the line, but you also establish with like people like Miro big, credible wins. And at this point where... He currently doesn't really have a record. He's only been currently signed. It does a big... It does. Jesus, it does a big... What is that? It creates a sense of credibility to the character. Which, if they want to make Mirror a big deal, just based off his initial debut... Yeah, I can't see another great way to do it other than that, potentially. Alternatively... If we go down the Kip and Miro are best friends route, not best friends, like the tag team, I think MJF and Wardlow would be a very cool little mini feud. Uh, MJF and Wardlow, if you're not going to be pushing MJF straight back up to the main event scene, like we've already seen it on this past week's AEW, they're already starting to tease the tension between Wardlow and MJF by MJF pretty much saying that he signs their checks. 
Miro would be a very cool little spot, especially with Kip Sabian. I feel like, as a pair, they could be very good. I feel, with it, it'd be a good opportunity to see what Miro can do on his own. Because throughout his entire career, from what I'm recollecting, maybe with exception to his last few, I guess, months in WWE, when he was kind of on his own fully, he's never really been trusted with the mic that much on his own. Like, he's always had a valet, or he's been the background of a faction. He's never really had those, like, very long extended promos. And, you know, some guys don't really need that. But I feel like, because of how naturally charismatic Miro can be, it'd be very nice to just sort of see him have, like, a little bit of a promo battle with MJF. You know, maybe even get Wardlow into the mix. Like, uh, Miro sees how MJF treats Wardlow as kind of similar to how he was treated in WWE, potentially. Well, not WWE, because in storyline, he probably won't be able to say that. Maybe by the brass or whatever language they want to use for that. And with it, you can have this very fun little, like, tag team thing. And maybe you don't want it to be a tag team thing, and I'm just randomly suggesting stuff. Maybe you don't even want Kip there, and it's just this random handicap-style feud where, like, MGF just keeps on forcing Wardlow to just wrestle Miro because he's a big, strong boy. I don't want to wrestle this man. And, you know, they go back and forth and back and forth, and then there's a point where MGF steps too far, and then you're going to have this, like, Wardlow face turn around it. And, like, have Miro be a big factor in it. And no, I... Because Miro's such... Un- unknown at this point, it's hard to really dictate storyline direction for him, other than being this kind of supporting cast for feuds. And that's probably my biggest problem with this thing at the moment. And maybe I'm doing this a little bit too early to talk about it, but I'm just so excited for Miro, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> But that doesn't really mean that he can't get anything out of it. Just simply being in a feud with the guy who almost like won the AEW championship but only lost it due to shenanigans is like a way of sort of giving him that kind of main event status without fully pushing the guy straight away. And if you keep doing stuff like that, then eventually... The audience will look at them as a main eventer. And I think that's ultimately what people want out of Miro. Maybe maybe not even the main eventer part, but just use him more. Use him to the credibility that they, that they feel he should have been used in prior companies. In fact, with the way they treat the TNT Championship at this point is kind of... Not necessarily the Intercontinental Championship, but kind of the... Their second highest belt, but they kind of treat it with the same respect as the current AEW rankings, because they kind of rank both at the same time. A TNT title feud with Brody Lee in the Dark Order? I'm all for that. Especially with all the previous, like, criticisms about uh, Brody Lee's sort of persona of the Dark Order kind of resembling Vince McMahon. With Miro's promo that we have at the moment of him just saying, I don't care about this brass ring, you can shove it. 
I think with it, it would be quite interesting. And you can expand on Brody Lee's character maybe being this person who feels like he's been like abused by other companies and now he's like taking it out on all these other wrestlers that he's had join the faction like we've already been seeing it with john silver colt cabana all these other people and miro is a guy who has went through that with a similar situation maybe even a little bit longer in some cases and it's just him fighting the dark order because he refuses to see them turn this company that he now sees as a kind of a promised land into a complete nightmare that he kind of sees unfolding before his own eyes. Brody, like, as a character at this point, he doesn't really have anyone who he can seriously feud with. Like, what, he has maybe Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, then maybe Cody when he returns? Miro would be a great little slot in for that. Hell, he'd be quite, like, a very fun competitive match, because I don't even recall uh, Miro and Brody ever working together. Like, if you want just a big, beefy boy match, that's your big, beefy boy match for right now. And heck, I know we have, like, Brian Cage and Lance Archer, but with the personality that we have with Miro... Like, him maybe talking about how in this company, he's no longer repressed in the same way. He's able to speak his mind. Your faction does not promote this. They all have to speak under your tongue, under your thoughts, under your mind. Maybe not that exact dialogue for Miro, because I don't believe he'd say it in that way. But, yeah, him just kind of being this super, not necessarily serious, but super determined character to just destroy the Dark Order because it reminds him of the place that had sort of isolated him for so long. And heck with it, maybe you want to put the belt on him. Hell, you don't even have to have him win the world title. The TNT title, I think, would be just as valuable of him being this fighting champion. Plus, I would love to see him, like, counter a, like, discus lariat, maybe ducking behind it and almost maybe, like, kicking him down into an accolade. I feel like that would be a very fun little spot, especially with, like, how Rusev tends to... Rusev again? God damn it, it's Miro! It's Miro! I have to erase this name from my mind! The way he does the machka kick, and he just sort of knocks people down, like... You could do that with maybe, like, he does it in almost like a chuck block style, and he just targets the leg, and he just sort of, like, falls down and staggers. And Rusev just goes in for the accolade. Maybe Brody's just a little bit too strong. But oh wait, his leg's down. He can't quite get up. So he falls back down into the accolade. Then you can have this great little like submission like victory for Miro. And hell, you maybe if you want, add in some Dark Order interference. Love to see John Silver. I really like John Silver in the Dark Order. I wish he used more. Maybe add him in there. And maybe that be the reason that like, Brody Lee loses the match because of stuff that John Silver did. I don't know. I just want to see Miro win a belt. That'd be really cool. I hope Miro wins a good belt, you know? With that in mind, I feel like I've rambled enough and maybe some of it's getting quite nonsensical. So, I feel like it's only good that we take this nonsensical energy and we accolade it. We... We put it into some good old fantasy fumble. Now, if any of you are new to this podcast, 
and you're unaware of what Fantasy Fumble is, Fantasy Fumble is the segment on this show where I try and book the weirdest, worst, or wackiest storyline I can come up with, with the Wrestler of the Week. Prerequisites with this, uh, there isn't much thought put into these things. It's literally just maybe a couple notes before I actually start recording, so God knows where this is going, so... Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado on this terrific Miro day, we will begin in three, two, one, fumble! Let the dumpster fire begin! Right, so, uh, what do we know about Miro that we don't know already? So, uh, he is part of his main Twitch streams. He is an epic gamer. He does a lot of things because he's an epic gamer. He even plugged his Twitch stream because he's an epic gamer. So, what do we do with Miro? Well, he's in the middle of his Twitch stream, you know? He's in the middle of an in-ring segment, and he just thought, I'm gonna broadcast this live because I'm Miro. I'm cool. I'm the Mirrorist Miro. It's Miro Day. We should all watch him on his Twitch streams at twitch.tv. I don't know what else. So in this moment, he's sitting there, he's playing, I don't know, Call of Duty Warzone or something else like that. Maybe he's playing Fortnite. I don't know. All of a sudden, his stream is interrupted. He's being sniped by who you may ask. Well, the content man who always goes into the middle of YouTube videos and random things, Marco Stunt. He's always in Sammy Guevara's vlogs. He always tries to interrupt those. In this moment, he decides he's going to interrupt Miro's Twitch stream. And that does not make Miro happy. He's not a happy gamer. He is an angry, angry gamer. So it plays on weeks and weeks of television. Miro chasing after men and women, looking for Marco Stunt. He finds Luchasaurus. He argues with him about his master's degree and says that there's no master of dinosaurs. There's no Barney the Dinosaur master degree and there is no Marco Stunt in the building. So he keeps looking. He has a match with Kip Sabian, and they have a great back and forth. And in the middle of it, he hits the accolade and starts because they're both Twitch streamers tr streaming their live action. Who interrupts? It's Marco Stunt. He takes the camera. Miro leaves, and he chases after Marco. It's in this moment that we build to full gear. Full gear for what you may ask? The battle of the cameras. Marco Stunt, the camera thief, the man who always wants spotlight, versus Miro, the innocent Twitch streamer, the epic gamer. In a Fool's Count Anywhere match. All broadcast live in the bargain and on the main show via Twitch.tv is in this battle, and we have Miro come out, filming himself live as he enters the ring, cause he's the best, he's the best man. Then Marco steals the camera again and the fight ensues. We see the fight happen again and again. Them using their cameras, filming themselves as they hit each other with big spectacular moves, Canadian destroyers, 
Machka kicks all the things. And what do we do in these fights? We don't know. Cameras are thrown through tables. Machka kicks through tables. Accolades on top of announce desk, cause we're on an announce desk. It's always more dangerous. We all know this. But the fights continue. Jurassic Express comes into this and they try to help out Marco into no avail. Skip Sabian comes that fellow Twitch streamer to stop the fight of them in this event. They see them try and take back the cameras and all the chaos that ensues. But who comes out to aid Miro as the Jurassic Express attempt to get rid of all camera technology? Kenny Omega, fellow gamer, fellow CEO enforcer for Fighter Fest. He comes out with his mean streak as he also hates Marco Stunt and hits him with a dragon. Dragon move, I forgot it. In the, it's a snap dragon, we got it back. And in this chaos, Miro looks to him and he puts Marco Stunt after all the chaos is gone in the accolade. An accolade that he films for his Twitch stream, asking Marco if he will submit. He keeps saying it, will you submit? Will you submit to the best man? Cause I am the best man. And Marco, in pain, chooses to deny it more and more until he's put in not an ordinary accolade, not a super accolade, but the twitch.tv emote sounding uh, chat donation accolade. And Marco, Marco has to submit. There's nothing else he can do. For he was beaten by his own need for publicity. For his own need to be famous. Because on this day, it wasn't his day. It has never been his day. Because on Twitch.tv and on AEW, every day for the best man is a great day. But today, at full gear, after having his stuff stolen, today is Miro Day. He just really wanted to plug his Twitch channel, am I right? Okay, maybe not. But, anyways, uh... Thank everyone for listening to that. Uh, I actually really enjoyed talking about Miro this week. I'm, I may, I know I've said this a lot throughout this podcast, but I'm so optimistic for Miro. I generally think him being in AEW is such a good choice for him right now. And for those of you wondering what I'm planning to do next week, because based on this, uh, yeah, this wasn't my initial plan. I wasn't planning to do Miro this week, but just the spur of the moment, it seemed really cool to do. Uh, next week is gonna be- we're, we're branching out next week. We're branching out, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, we're gonna be talking about Keith Lee. So, if you're interested, uh, tune in to next Saturday. Yeah, I'm gonna try and make this weekly, guys. Gonna make this weekly Saturday, hopefully. I don't know. Let's hope this does work. Yes, yeah, so next week, we're covering Keith Lee. So, with that said, and done in mind, uh, I just want to say 
again, in case you don't follow any social media, uh, thank you to everyone who watched the Cody episode two weeks ago. That's already the second highest one for this podcast of this very short history of it. I'm I'm generally very grateful for that because I think that's the one where I put the most work into. It's really awesome seeing just sort of the feedback from it. So thank you all so much for that. And just sort of in general, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Or if you're new to this podcast, thank you for being a new listener. I don't really know what else to say. It's it's very awesome to see what this thing has already become in such a short period of time. So I think I'm just going to end it here. I've already said thank you so much already, so I feel like a broken record, but thank you all so much. And with it, I hope all of you have a lovely day. And remember, in the world of pro wrestling, we can always just use just a little bit more fiction. Have a great day, everyone.